Hey cuties, welcome to Cup of Joy the podcast, created to jumpstart your joy, supersize your soul, and provide a sweet space for your own personal growth. I'm your host, Heidi B, certified food and body coach, life coach, personal trainer, and owner of Joyfully Be, where I'm obsessed with helping people win the food and body battle and reclaim their joy. I'll share with you stories of people who have shifted their junk to joy and struggles into celebrations to live a life that they love. Each episode is guaranteed to light and lift you up. Because on this show, we'll talk truth about topics that block us from living our best life, how to make your body your bestie, and tons of tasty tidbits to make your own cup of joy overflow. Believe it or not, I once lost my joy, but now it's back, and I'm here to help you find yours on the daily. As my mama bee always says, it's time to put a smile on your face and joy in your heart. Ready to start? Let's jam. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Cup of Joy, the podcast. I have an amazing episode for you today. I am bringing to you a beautiful, beautiful expertise today, Jace Curry. She's a food freedom coach, and she's dedicated her life to helping women end their obsession with food and quit yo-yo dieting for good. She became a certified life coach in 2018 and started coaching women to reach their highest potential in career and life. Something was still missing. As aligned as her business felt, Jace also knew she had been struggling with disordered eating for almost 20 years, and she felt like a fraud showing up without healing her darkest secret. She began training under Samantha Skelly at Hunger for Happiness as a food and body coach in 2019 and has completely revolutionized her relationship to her eating habits. Today, she helps entrepreneurs overcome their struggle around food so they can focus on business, not their body, using her custom food is not a fight method. So hello, Jace. Welcome to Cup of Joy. Hi, Heidi. Thank you so much for having me on. It has been such a joy catching up with you this morning, and I'm so excited to be here with you guys. Uh, Me too. I feel like I've been waiting for this uh, connection for a really long time. And now here we are. I haven't talked to anybody. I haven't really had an episode to speak to these busy brains, loves of ours. And I say that so lovingly because I used to be the nine to five grind, busy, busy brained woman, perfectionist, complicating everything in life. Go, go, go. Doer, 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 overdoer, 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 doer. Um, traveling the world, doing so many things at once, and never feeling like enough, all while struggling with food in my body. So I needed you back in the day so desperately, and I know there's so many women out there that will hear your story, hear your struggle, see where you come today, and completely relate. So thank you so much for um, leading the way in the world this way, and for all you're about to share. Thank you, Heidi. Yeah, I struggled for so long myself, right? Like it's so easy to get caught in this trap of, oh, if I just do enough, if I just am enough, if I just achieve this and that, and oh, I have these five goals and I need to get them done by next quarter, then I will be enough. And we tie our worth into all of these things, right? And then when the chips don't fall as they should, or something derails us, or a pandemic happens, right? Yeah. Our worth is so wrapped up in what we were supposed to do that then we feel like a failure, and that's not serving at all. It's Mm -hmm. so easy to get caught in that trap of just depression because we haven't achieved, we haven't done enough, or we've done all the things, and we don't know where the next mountaintop is. And, um, Gosh, I, I, I remember being caught in that hamster wheel so well. And so I'm, I'm so pumped up about helping women get out of that and into a life that they love and brings them joy. Ah, such a great mission. Such a great mission. And I think it's really important that if you're somebody listening and you know that you've got a busy brain and you know that you're the do- doer and you know that you're on full speed ahead all the time, but you don't think that this is an issue for you, like I don't know about you, Jace, but I feel like I met myself with so much resistance when I started hearing these types of messages like, well, that's not me. I mean, there's nothing wrong with me and there is nothing wrong with you, but there's this beauty that happens when you have an awareness around how you are being how you're being and you get to go, whoa, look at how I'm being. 
and how do I actually want to be? So can you share a little bit about what your, um, I call it the junk to joy story is, and how this all came about from being the busy entrepreneur to where you're at right now, where we get so much more flexibility and um, just like wholeness in our lives with this shift. Yeah, absolutely. So um, my, my journey is, it's long and it's been a long time in the making. Um, so, you know, I, I struggled with food on my body image starting from around the time I was eight years old. I went on my first diet at eight and I was so... I yo-yoed back and forth for years and years. When I went to college, I was at a regimented academy. Um, I was also, you know, one of just a few females there. And so I felt a lot of pressure to look a certain way, to outperform the boys, to, um, again, like all of these things, these check the box exercises. And I was like, oh, if I just check all these boxes, then I'll be enough. And so, you know, I was working out really hard. I was training with the men's lacrosse team a lot of the time and um, just kind of trying to show up and show out. And so my fitness journey at that point, I still never felt good enough. Like my lifts weren't heavy enough. I couldn't run fast enough. Um, I was in the best shape of my life. I was down to around 12% body fat at one point and I, it just, I still could never see myself as good enough. I was like, well, you know, my friend's down to 10. How can I get to 10? Mm -hmm. And never mind the fact that he's a dude and six foot four and like eats pizza for every meal. But I mean, <laughs> you know, it's so easy to get caught in that trap. So I, um, I was working in the shipping industry and then offshore oil and gas. But simultaneously, I had begun my journey as an entrepreneur in the health and fitness space. Um, and I just thought to myself, okay, if I just knew more, if I had better information, if I just learned all the things, if I learned how to do these compound lifts, if I learned everything I could about nutrition, then I could make my body better. Mm -hmm. I could lift heavier. I could be stronger. I could be leaner. I could be fitter. I could be all of these things that I didn't feel like I was. And I think for a lot of entrepreneurs who get into the health and wellness space, that's kind of where they start, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's so easy to just say, well, I don't know enough. And if I just knew more, I would look better, especially for women, uh, because we struggle so hard with the comparison trap and never feeling good enough. Um, everything kind of uh, came to a head, I guess, when I was in the process of getting divorced. I just felt like I wasn't good enough. I would never be good enough. Um, and so that was where, you know, my restrictive eating habits really kind of just got worse than they had ever been. And they'd never been great, right? Um, over time, I did engage in binge eating a little bit just because it's a natural, it's a natural thing that happens when you've been on restrictive diets for long periods of time. But and that all really bubbled over after I was attacked and I felt extremely unsafe in my body. I felt like because I was in this desirable body, this is what had happened to me. Mm. And um, trying to find a reason for what had happened and then using your own body to blame. Yes. Yeah. And so what happened for me there was it didn't feel safe to be in a body that I had strived to be in my entire life. And so that was really where my binge eating kind of came in full force to deal with that trauma, to numb the pain, but also to get out of this desirable body. And so that was where I had never felt great about my eating habits. I had never felt like I could eat like a normal human being, yep. but uh, that was where it all kind of hit me. And I was like, I have lived this way for 20 years and I cannot do this for another 20 years. I knew women that were in their 40s and 60s and, you know, even their 80s and couldn't eat like normal human beings. And I was like, I don't want that to be me. When, you know, I, I know people that had lived their whole lives like that and never been able to enjoy food or, you know, have it be 
a good part of their experience here. Yeah. And so I have also noticed that there's women that live their whole lives as either or. So then they just give up, right? Yeah. They're like, it yeah. either has to be, I'm all in and I live like this for the rest of my life, restricting, restricting calorie counting, dieting, all this stuff. Like it has to be like that or fuck it. I'm just going to like forget about my health. It's Who gives a shit? It's a free for all. It's just all over the place. And and I really was like, well, maybe that's what it is. I mean, maybe that's what it is. It's either you got to choose to be on it or you got to choose to be off it and not give two shits and love your body. And what I've realized is like, it's so much more than that. It's so different than that. There is this, there is this loving, nourishing place that's somewhere in between where it's all of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for me, my health had kind of always taken a backseat. I was never that concerned about it. I was like, oh, I mean, everybody loses hair down the drain or like, you know, I'm like, it's, this is my fifth ankle sprain in a few months. It's fine. Like, this is not a big deal. My health, the only reason why I was impacted, why it impacted me was like in my training. Um, and, you know, that, that really shifted for me when I met my, my husband now and we had talked, you know, about starting a family. And I got labs done and it was like, oh, holy shit, like there's a lot going on here, you know, like thyroid out of whack, hormones out of whack, just all byproducts of my, my lifestyle for a large part of my developmental years. I think we and either so, ignore it again. I mean, it's like the all or nothing mentality. We either ignore it because we don't want to see what's actually there yeah. or we can't see it. You know, I know a lot of people that give people that live in a, in a smaller frame and don't have to think about what they eat, what they put in their body. You know, those girls that you always wanted to hate, like she can eat whatever she wants and she still looks like that. But the problem is, is that, is that if we can't see it externally as well, and we don't yet feel it, then that day may show up where if we haven't taken care of our bodies in all the different ways that we're, that are available to us, that there's still things that happen internally that, yeah. that they're going through. So I hate when people pick on anybody in whatever body frame that, that their vessel is in. Like it just, it, it used, I used to be the girl that, that wanted to point the finger and go, you don't get it. You're just skinny. You don't get it. Um, yeah. and now it's like, wow, it's skinny girls get yelled at too. Skinny girls get shamed too. Skinny girls have shame too. And I don't even like using the word skinny. It's just what most people associate with. Right. So. Yeah. And I think for me, you know, when I was really struggling, people thought that my lifestyle was very effortless because mm. I would be the cool girl that would eat Chinese at the party, you know? And, but I, what people didn't see is that I was working out sometimes three, four hours a day, most of the mm -hmm. time at two different gyms so that no one would be like, oh, wow, she's been here for a few hours. Um, so like what I was projecting externally and, you know, even when I was coaching and saying like, Hey, this is my workout that I'm doing. Cause I was doing beach body workouts. Mm -hmm. I was like, I work out 30 minutes a day and this is my body. And yeah, I mean, I worked out 30 minutes a day, but there was another two hours somewhere in that day as well. Yeah. <laughs> so I felt like a fraud and it, it translated, right. And it affected my business because I wasn't able to show up as my true self. I wasn't able to, I wasn't relatable. I was so focused on being perfect that, you know, people we're just like, oh, well, I can't, I can't do that. That's not me. I made it look really effortless and then kind of set, like, I felt like I was setting people up to fail because I was doing so much the, more than what I was showing the world. Mm. And that was part of the reason why I decided to transition into productivity, into time management, because I was like, I can create a little mini army of people like me and they can be so productive and then they'll have time to work out for five hours every day. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I was really good at teaching people how to be productive, how to manage their time, how to um, reach their best potential in career, in life, in business. But again, that didn't feel aligned for me. I was like, how much more time would I have in each day 
if I was not fixating on my body for however many hours a day, because it takes time to meal prep. It takes, okay. It takes me a ton of time to decide what I'm going to eat every day. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I said to myself, like, I need to heal myself. Like I need to work through what I have coming up for me. And that was when I realized I was addicted to being anxious. I was addicted to showing up as the girl who did everything. And, you know, I was so, I couldn't sit still for five minutes and just sit there with myself. And the dangerous thing about that is I didn't even know who I was. I had gotten out of a divorce and had no idea who I was. And here it is a time to learn. And that's an act of self-violence right there. Busy is a protector. Busy is a coping mechanism. And uh, the first time I ever heard somebody say like, you know, if you slow down and do less, you can get more done. I wanted to strangle them. And the question that always comes to my brain is how? I loved asking how. Well, how? Slow down and do less. What do you mean? What's that? You're crazy, especially especially my clients that um, are mothers. And I know you can relate. It's like, what do you mean slow down? I don't even get to choose my freaking day. Like I got to figure out what this one's going to eat, what this one's going to wear, where she's going to go, how she's going to be. I don't even got time for me. What do you mean slow down? Yes. Yeah. And, you know, figured out that by carving out intentional time in my day for me, even as a new mom, even as a new mom who's by myself for half of the year, because my husband works overseas, um, leaving me to take, you know, five second showers while my kid's in her walker. No, I'm just kidding. Like, it's great. (laughs) But I need to find that time for myself. I need to find that time to engage in practice and fill my cup up. And I know that to some people, this is going to sound really foreign and selfish, but by taking five minutes to do some breath work or journaling or whatever it is, so much of my mind is decluttered for the rest of the day. And it just creates space for everything else to come to me. Mm. And if you're listening to this right now and you're like, okay, that's great for her, but it's never going to work for me. Trust me. I didn't believe either. Try it. Figure out you are so busy with because a lot of times it's stuff that doesn't even matter. Like no one's going to sit on their deathbed and be like, oh, I wish I had scrolled Facebook more. Mm -hmm. I wish I had watched how that Instagram saga played out between the Real Housewives. I don't know. I don't even watch the Real Housewives. You know, (laughs) and no, like, no, that stuff at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. The fact that you took time for yourself and processed you know maybe some emotions maybe just sat there and learned a little bit more about who you are and what you like that's what matters I also think it's so important to just be okay showing up as you are so I get a lot of flack because I curl my hair almost every day of my life it looks like this no one can see it except for Jace but you guys have seen me if you follow me and I've done some inner work to realize where that comes from and it comes from yeah right and it makes me feel good and it makes me feel feminine it makes me feel whatever and if I have time this actually takes me four minutes I timed myself now oh my god yeah I'll teach you someday I'll do a tutorial thank you but I realized and this is a side tangent that that doing my hair like this reminds me of how much my mom used to care for me and still does. She's still alive. She's still with us and she still does. And she would still curl my hair and braid my hair today. In fact, she would love it if I asked her to. But every morning when I get up and I curl my hair, my body recognizes that as love and nourishment from a mothering place. It's different than wanting to look good. And trust me, this has taken me a long time to get there because I've taken a lot of flack for it. And for a while I was like, fine, I'm just going to show up messy, messy bun. And sometimes I do, and that feels good. But actually, it makes me feel good to wear my hair like in a certain way. Like if it was a messy bun and that made me reminded me of something that made me feel good too, which sometimes it does, I put that up and I go with that. But I stopped doing it and then I, because I wanted to please an audience for a while and prove Mm. that I could show up differently instead of, instead of discovering 
the way in which I wanted to show up and be that way. And I love what you said about going through divorce and really kind of losing your identity and not knowing who you are, because that was a huge part of um, the coaching that I do now of finding your epic joy. Like there's so many women that come out of heartache and heartbreak or are struggling with food in their bodies. Either one, to me, they go hand in hand. My story, they went hand in in hand. I just want to help women redefine who they are in an elevated lifestyle. Mm, So good. I'm going to finally figure out who the fuck I am. And I'm going to be that woman so unapologetically. And if it's not a messy bun, I'm not going to let anybody tell me that it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, So I don't know how I got on that tangent, but um, just, I, I really feel like, oh, I know. It was that I feel like ever since you've done this work and you showed up as a coach in this world, the thing that you do different and better than anybody else that I've seen on social media lately is that you show up as the version of you right now. And I think women, especially mothers, well, all women, but but moms can relate that they feel like they have to show up as the mom that is the Pinterest mom or the mom that wears her clothes in a certain way or the mom that goes to every single thing that all of the kids are going to instead of saying like, Hey, what am I, what can I do right now? How can I show up? You show up showing the real shining the light on real motherhood, bringing the baby on calls, doing the things, you know, showing, showing your belly as it is on social media, like taking courageous steps to show women that life gets to be different than what society has told us motherhood has to look like. And it's okay that you don't curl your hair like mine every day. You get to show up with your messy bun or you can crimp your hair if you want to, or you can braid your daughter's hair and braid your own and you guys can be matchy matchy. Whatever, oh whatever you want to do, you get to do that. And it doesn't matter how many eyes roll around because they've been taught to believe societal lies you get to show up as you every day and you get to be worthy and you get to be loved just as you are. And if you don't have somebody that can shine that light on you, you need to hire Jace as your coach. You just do. You just do. Thank you, Heidi. Yeah. Oh my God. That's, thank you so much for that. I, it's so funny when I was like 20 years old, I made a Pinterest board and I, have, I, I probably haven't looked at it in five years, but I know it's there. And it's called grown up stuff. And it was all the stuff that I envisioned myself doing as a mother and a grown up. I still don't think I'm a grown up, but we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) It was like how to fold napkins for dinner parties and things you should consider while naming your children and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, like I said, I haven't looked at it in five years, right? Because I, quite frankly, don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> so it, yeah, you guys can creep me on Pinterest and look at it. I'm sure it's, I'm going to go back and look at it after this. I won't change anything. I promise. Because one of the things that I decided when I it became, after I had my daughter was I was going to be just authentic as fuck about it because yes. there's so much that no one tells you about life. Okay. But that no, definitely about parenthood. And there were times where I would freak out about stuff and my friends who were parents, I'd call them and they'd be like, Oh yeah, that's totally normal. And I'm like, why didn't you tell me this was going to happen? Like, <laughs> it's normal. It sucks. It's gross. It's weird. But why didn't you tell me? <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe you guys have better friends than I do. Um, <laughs> but I was like, somebody needs to tell people about this. And, you know, for me, I, 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 I know exactly which post you're referring to. Um, at five months postpartum, I scrolled on Instagram, the five months postpartum hashtag. I think that's what it was. And I was just like, oh my God, these women have six pack abs. They look like they never had a baby. Like my body's never looked that good. And I kind of went down this rabbit hole. And the fact of the matter is, is that I was not cleared to work out until four months postpartum. I still have muscle imbalances that I'm working on and weaknesses that I'm working on in PT, which never thought would happen, right? I was like, oh, I'm just going to be one of those moms that's casually jogging at six weeks postpartum. That wasn't my reality. That didn't happen for me. 
that's okay, right? But I think it's important to see a variety of bodies, to see that we're not all alone. And that's why I'm so committed to being real about it because I wasn't for such a long time. I was, you know, so desperately afraid that somebody would see all my shadows and decide that I wasn't good enough or I wasn't worthy of love. And it's like, fuck it. They don't get to decide. I do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that authenticity piece is huge. It's yeah. just huge. I just wanted people to think that I was perfect and had my bananas so together. And I mean, I'm a relatively functional adult, I guess. Like, <laughs> But I, I just wanted everything to be perfect and live in the Pinterest house with nothing out of place. And maybe there will be a time where that's my life again, but it's not right now. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, like, I guess this is just a permission slip to any woman who's listening. Your life doesn't need to be Malibu Barbie's mansion or, you know, like a photographer can come in and just take pictures and your whole house will be all over Pinterest. Even the houses that you're looking at online right now, because let's be real, I think everyone in the world is house shopping. (laughs) Nobody actually lives there and it looks like that. Okay. Like that's all paid (laughs) for pictures and they might pick up before you come for a showing, but like, it's not real. Yeah, if you want it to look like that, you might as well ask to throw in what's in the house and then don't move any of the shit that you have in your house right now into that house. Like, just move your human bodies in there, buy some groceries, and commit to never having toys, never having a TV, like, never having anything, because that's what you actually thought you wanted to buy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I was like, I will be that mom who has all the toys picked up and my kid will have three toys and they'll all be enrichment learning and one will be tactile and one will be this and one and they'll all be hand carved in Sweden and like (laughs) no like that didn't happen and and I want to say it's okay if you want that I love your napkin scenario I'm gonna write this down for myself for like future content because I think it's such a beautiful like if you want to be the person from a creative space, your intention is like, I just want to learn how to fold those napkins. That sounds like fun. That sounds yeah. exciting. That sounds so cool. I have the time and I it like, it's just, if that's going to light me up, I'm going to do the napkins for me. Don't ever do the napkins for the neighbors. Yeah. Don't do the napkins for the neighbors. Do the napkins for you because you're, you're interested and you're excited and you're curious and you want to pick up a new skill. And don't do it to get the compliment that your napkin looks like a swan because the neighbor doesn't actually fucking care if it looks like a swan or if it's a piece of bounty. It's not even a napkin. It's a bounty paper towel at your side plate. They actually don't care. And if they do, do you care if that person comes over again? I don't. I'd rather rip the bounty, set it down and dedicate all of my other time to like having them over for longer. Hey, table's ready. Paper plates and bounty come on over versus spending six hours of my time learning how to fold the napkin, creating the perfect herb paired meal and whatever. And there are times where you want to take a little bit more time and make those specialty and those nuances and things, but make sure it's coming back to the intention that's serving you. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I mean, fancy dinner parties are awesome, right? But some of the best memories have been like, my friends and I eating something that I cooked in the instant pot, like while they were at my house, eating on the couch all together. Yeah. So it's, it's all about balance and it's about where you are in this season of life. It's going to look different from minute to minute and that's okay. Mm, That's beautiful permission. Can you talk a little bit about like, I love um, you guys, Jace has, can they still buy the replay by the way of Hustle to Heart? Okay. So we'll put this in the show notes, but Jace just hosted a live event called Hustle to Heart. And I just want you to speak a little bit on that because it relates to this topic of that busyness and explain the purpose of Hustle to Heart and maybe like three key learnings that you took away. Yeah, absolutely. So Hustle to Heart came about because when the world shut down and things got real wild, I found myself busier than ever. I found myself stepping away from practices I knew were in my best interest to do. 
I found myself resistant to my breath work, you know, not wanting to schedule coaching sessions with my friends. And I was like, well, I don't have time for that right now. And I, again, that kind of addiction to the busy, to proving my worth was starting to creep back in for me. And this, this is a practice, right? Like we have to be intentional about deciding this is what I want. This is how my life is going to look. This is what I'm going to prioritize. This is who I want to be. And so I wanted to create a space for women to let go of everything that wasn't serving them and just kind of remember who they are, who they want to be and create that space for them to step back into that natural alignment, to step back in that flow. Um, Ironically, there were a lot of speakers, a lot of really incredible speakers, including Miss Heidi Lee. But it was it was a weekend to do that. And so I, that's why I created it was because I found myself like, I need this community. I need alignment. And sometimes you need that extra little kick in the butt of somebody saying like, hey, here's all the things you used to do. And here's why they feel good why don't we just try them and remember? And then you do them and you're like, oh my God, this is it. But without the accountability piece of showing up to a live event or committing to watch, you know, a few hours of replays, it can be hard to do that for ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's so easy when you've committed to something or someone or, you know, a program, but it's hard to take that time for ourselves. So that was why I created it was just an invitation for women to come home to themselves, to remember what it felt like to slow down and create a safe container to do so. Three biggest takeaways. Number one was, I guess I I started to feel like a failure because I was like, well, I know what I'm supposed to be doing and I'm not doing it. Again, like that kick in the butt saying like, here's what makes you feel good. Stop beating yourself up about the fact that you haven't done it, just go do it, right? That mm-hmm. takes time, that takes brain space, that takes energetic, that takes energy away from you. Mm-hmm. So just do it. That was first biggest takeaway. The second was I have everything that I need inside of me, but it I don't need to do it alone. I get to lean on my community. I get to say, hey friend, I'm struggling. Like I maybe need a little bit of help right now. Um, and you know, the third, the third tie-in goes back to that too. And that's asking for help and having a clear version of what the ask is going to be, whether it's, Hey, can you look at these graphics for me and make sure that there's no typos or, Hey, do you just have some energetic space for me to vent about something that I'm scared about or what's going on and really creating that kind of environment within my friendships and my circles, being able to speak up for myself and ask what I need. Mm, All of that is just a big visceral yes in my belly right now. Yes, I feel that. We underestimate the ask. We underestimate the connection and we underestimate the shift in energy. And that's exactly what that is. is It takes energy to keep doing what you're doing. And all we need to do is just shift the energy in a different direction. But sometimes it feels like it's an added layer of energy instead of a shift. And we just have to have that cognitive like switch somebody to say, Hey, Hey, Jace, you can actually just switch it right now. Like you can just switch it right now. And here's what it looked like for me. Um, so beautiful. So you guys can definitely go in and get the replay on that. This is not a pitch. It just like popped up because everything about that event was about how to not do more, how to do less and how to be more. And yeah. the speakers were just, were so incredible. And it's like she said, it's like two days of just like, if you need to just kind of be reminded, it was this gentle reminder of all the opportunities that are available for you to just be and how to just be. It was so cool. 
It was so cool. I'm so glad that it, that it put you into this just elevated space as well. Yeah. And I, I think sometimes we get caught in this trap of like, I know what I need to do, but it's so hard. It's so hard to just sit down and journal. I don't have the time. I can't. And instead, what if we looked for ways that we could and thought about how we were going to feel after? When I don't want to do something, I'm like, okay, I don't want to do this. And then I just think about how good it's going to feel to get to do it. And when I'm done and the, the, like you said, the elevated woman that I get to be after, and it gets me excited to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's just so many opportunities there. It's, it's so exciting. I remember when I first started doing self-development feeling like, I don't want to do any of these stupid things. Like, I don't want to light a candle and take a bath. I don't want to, I don't want to journal. What's journaling going to do? I don't want to read. Take a bath. I don't know, mom. Ever. <laughs> I don't want to read a book for five minutes. Like I don't want to just. What do you mean? Just take five breaths. I don't want to. I don't want to think about gratitude. Like I remember just resisting it so much because it was all new for me. Because I never spent time doing it. And then once I started opening myself and being curious, like okay, let's not make this a to do list. I call it a get to do list. I don't call it a to-do list anymore. I just call it my get-to-do list. Okay, here's what I get to do today. My get-to-do yeah. list. And if I don't feel like I get to do it, I take it off the list and make room for something else, even if it's just stillness, even if it's just quiet, and not underestimating the quick, the quick opportunities. So sometimes, like after we get off this podcast, I will resist taking a walk around the block because that takes, I got to put the shoes on and the socks on, shoes on, go out just to walk a block for five minutes, like one block, maybe (laughs) even three minutes. But that three minutes that I can take after this podcast will then open up so much more energy in my mind, in my body, in my being for the next thing that I get to do versus if I just, we, we close I go to the bathroom and jump on the next call and don't just take three minutes to walk to the, for most of you, it's walk to the mailbox and back. Don't underestimate a quick breath, a quick breather. You know, it's the little things. It's just the little things. I'm so glad you said that. And I think another thing that comes up too is we have an idea of who we are and we kind of see glimpses of that person when we're doing the personal development when we're reading the book for five minutes, when we're taking the five breaths. And for some of us, it is so fucking scary, right? Because you're like, I get to be this person. It gets to be easy. I don't have to have 48 things on my to-do list and have them all crossed off by noon. What? No, I can't do that. And it puts our systems into the state of panic. Mm -hmm. And again, it's like you just said, Heidi, it's who we get to be. It's we can choose to be her or not, right? Like it's, I mean, it's kind of a big responsibility because that's the woman that's going to change the world, but it's new and it's different and it feels scary and that's okay. But lean Mm -hmm. into that. Mm -hmm. Let's train our systems around that not feeling so scary. So when we see our highest self, we're like, Oh, Hey friend, Mm. let me, let me be you for a little bit. Mm, I like that. Let me be you for a little bit. Ah, oh, this is so good, Jace. I could go on all day with you. I have I I had written one more thing down just because I didn't want to forget. Earlier you said you said um declutter your day. And I was wondering if you can elaborate on that a little bit and bring some some ease to people who are like, What do you mean declutter my day? It's gonna take me ten hours to clean out my closets. That's a literal translation. Yeah. Yeah. But what does what did it look like for you to declutter your day? I take a walk every single day unless it's raining or cold. Even if it's cold, I try to, but I'm kind of a little bit of a baby. Um, But that is just a space for me to step away from where I spend most of my day and where a lot of my energy is and just go out and kind of get free. 
that's the perfect example. And it's, I mean, it doesn't have to be long when I was, you know, immediately postpartum, it was like you said, the block, um, and not even immediately, let's be real. It took me a few weeks to be able to walk around, but the walk every day is just something like it takes me anywhere from 10 minutes to two hours, but it's just this open space for creativity and vision. I try to do five minutes of breath work every night before I go to bed. This is just stuff that I know makes me feel really, really good and helps me step into the highest version of myself. I love to journal. Um, I try to, I don't have a huge chunk of time where I spend an hour every day journaling, but these are things where I just find that when I do them, the world kind of slows down. What I need to do otherwise becomes a lot clearer and it just makes such a big shift energetically for me. I can show up with so much more intention and availability for everything else when I do these things. Mm, I love that, that we were just talking before this about how I just started my morning routine again for the first time in like a month. And I'm going to be bringing that into my um, free membership site too, the Joy Vibe Tribe, just because I think it's so important to lead women through this exercise of like this gets to be your sacred time and your sacred space to connect to yourself, to create that, that space and declutter your mind and your body for your day. Um, yeah. I know some of the ways that I declutter my day to piggyback off of what you said is um, learning how to say no. Mm, so good. It's such a hard thing. And you and I will likely both teach this in our practices. So you guys will have to work with us longer or go on a live because that, that takes a little bit of a moment to learn and to feel into, but learning how to say no. I just did this the other night with our neighbors. We just, I just moved into my house in Ohio with my boyfriend and um, the neighbors two doors down have these cute little kids. They're the cutest kids you've ever seen. And so they've taken to us, taken to me as well and I was sitting out on the front porch and every time they see me out on the front porch they want to come over and say hi and I give them time and it's a beautiful thing I love it they lift me up I lift them up but the other night I was out there and my intention was to give myself space and time to really grow and nurture myself and so I was reading a book that that we both just got in the mail and um, I just wanted to read so they wanted to invite me to go on a, on a walk and play with them and so they said miss Heidi miss Heidi will you come play with us and my heart really mm. the people pleaser in me the lover in me the nurturer in me the mother in me wanted to be like yeah of course I want to come play with you but my my intuition knew that like I just had set an intention to just be with me and, and yeah. so I honored that and I said, no, you guys have a wonderful time. I'll catch you another day. And that wasn't a lie. It wasn't a promise and it wasn't a lie. I will catch them another day, you know? And I think so often we try to say yes, 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 yes. But you can declutter your day by honoring your own needs and saying no when you mean no. And it can be a loving no. No, go enjoy your play. I'm going to be over here and read my book. And it was beautiful. They came back from the park and they said, Miss Heidi, how many pages did you read in your book? Oh, there wasn't an ounce of them that was mad at me for not playing or not going. It was like, wow, what did you do while we were gone? And I think we have to remember that lovingness that when we're little, they don't get mad. They forget about it in a couple of minutes. And we can take that on as adults. It can be okay for us to say no. And they're going to forget about it in five minutes. And they yeah. still have a heart to come back and say like, what'd you do while I was gone? You know? So sweet. Yeah. So there's this, so this thing, no, there's also um, putting the phone away is a practice that I've really had to work on and intentionally. So when I'm going on a walk, if I'm not listening to music, which is really important to you, you guys, or if I'm going on a walk with someone else, mm -hmm. we agree that one of us will bring a phone for that quote unquote safety piece, right? Yeah. But it will be it will be clicked off. So no notifications, no nothing. And it does not come out of the person's pocket or backpack for the whole time. 
That's so good. And so my boyfriend and I do that. And when I'm out on a, on a walk with a friend, I just make the ask now, Hey, can we agree to bring one phone and not look at it until we're done here? Yeah. Um, doing this when you're out to dinner or at dinner, I know, uh, first of all, don't bring your phone to the dinner table unless there's uh, something you're waiting on an emergency, but especially when we get back to the state of going out to dinner Make that a sacred space where, again, you agree that if it's there for safety, maybe you leave the phones in the car. So they're not e- there's not even this temptation to touch it. To when they go to the bathroom, can you just be by yourself and not go to your phone and see what you've been missing? Can you sit at the table and just wait for them to come back and let it sink in how special this meal is going to be together? Like... Just turn the phone off, and I also turn it off. I leave it in the bathroom at night. So once we crawl into bed, I have a, a nighttime routine. So the nighttime routine, I crawl into bed. I read one chapter of a book that, that's on my list, and it's by my bedside. And before I do that, I brush my teeth. I put the phone in its charger in the bathroom so I can still hear the alarm. It also helps with getting up in the morning, <laughs> but it's far away. And so there, it will take so much for me to get out, up out of my cozy bed to go get that phone just to scroll on social media or see if a family member posted a funny picture of our dog, like, <laughs> you know, versus no, now we're done with phone time. We're crawling into bed. We're easing in. We're slowing down. We're de- decluttering from our day and we're, we're digesting something else. So, yeah. you know. And the last one is for me, like decluttering is being so present and I use the eyes for this. So when I feel myself really, really detached, not detaching, I use my eyes to look into someone else's eyes. So you can look into your baby's eyes. Like it's one thing to look at your baby and go, my baby's cute. It's another thing to look into your baby's eyes, Mm. right? It's yeah. one thing to look at your mom and dad and give them a hug. And, and it's another one to look into their eyes and just see them, see people, see your friends, see your loved ones. And if you don't have people, I want you guys to take time to notice um, the beauty around you. So I'll stop on my walk in the morning and I'll just look at a rose bush. Like I'll just stare at it for three seconds, three, two, one, or stop and look up at a cloud and play the game where you're like, what shape is the cloud today? good right it's it's that decluttering from your day that detaching from the busy brain that just brings you back into your body and reminds you like what's really important here today yeah and you can do that with yourself too that was one thing that I learned you know as a sleep deprived postpartum crazed mess like I would look at myself in the mirror all the time Mm. And I spent years of my life either looking in the mirror or avoiding mirrors. Me too. And I never looked at myself in the eyes and said like, oh, hey, you're here. I see you. You matter. I love you. I'm sorry. All of these things. Mm. And we get to do that with ourselves too. So I'm so glad you touched on that. Ah, uh, that's so good, Jace. Like, I remember using the mirror as punishment. Mm-hmm. and as progress so the mirror is either punishment or it's progress I'm either going to see how good I've been doing I'm standing in the mirror naked after the shower or it's going to be punishment I'm going to squeeze the squeeze the parts of me that still have things on it and and flap things around and you know like I'm just going to pinch I was a pincher like oh well yeah. got a little bit further to go here a little bit further to go and I would always be pinching pinching for punishment or just looking for progress progress and praise and um, it was just a whole thing. So can you take, a, a, take it from the neck down? Yeah. Like let's do, let's do work from like the, the neck up, I guess it is. It would be the, just, your, just your beautiful face and, just, and then zoom into the eyes, zoom into the lens like that. What do they say? Like the eyes are the lens to the soul or something like that? The window to the soul. I guess. Yeah so true talk to yourself know, I'm sure there's an 80s love song about it <laughs> oh this has been so good Jace. so so good so as we wrap it up can you just share like we'll put everything in the show notes but let everybody know how they can get more of you in their life yeah absolutely um 
My Instagram is where I hang out most of the time. It's at Jace Curry, J-A-I-S, Curry, like the delicious food. Um, (laughs) And uh, I'm in the process of revamping my website, um, not my social media, but revamping my website and um, a few other things. So if you guys are interested in the Hustle to Heart replay, um, it's hustletoheart.com. And what I'm going to do is that even when the replay is not available anymore, I'll auto forward that domain to whatever site I end up using so that you guys can find me there as well. But send me a DM on Instagram. Let me know you found me on Cup of Joy, the podcast, and say hi because I'm a social little bunny and I like meeting new people. And she's the real deal. She will just show you life like it is. If you're going through some struggle and it hasn't been seen on social media yet, like DM Jace, I'm sure that she will put something out there for you to show you that you are a normal human being. Like That's what she's all about. So <laughs> we did have two closing questions um, on the podcast. And the first one is, what do you love most about yourself? Mm, my butt. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> I would love it if it was your butt. <laughs> I mean, it is, but... it's deeper than that too right like I one thing that I have grown to love about myself is that when presented with new information I changed my mind so it used to be my butt but (laughs) now we've moved on from that and that I am never afraid to share that like there used to be this part of me that's like what are people gonna think because I used to say this and now I'm a hypocrite but it's, I don't care anymore. Like I have new information. I'm an evolving woman and I, I want to share that. Like, I don't ever want to be stuck in one place. And I want, you know, as many of you who want to come along for this journey to do so. Ah, so good. It's so true. Always permission to change. Always in every single second of the day. It's okay that you like tomatoes right now. And suddenly you've lost your taste bud for tomatoes. Screw it. No tomatoes tomorrow. It's fine. Like, it's okay. And then the last question that I end with is, what does joy feel like? You asked me that. And I just looked for it in my body. And for me, joy is just this feeling of freedom and expansion and warmth. And we get to find it whenever we want to we get to feel it whenever we want to but for me it just feels like opportunity Mm, I feel that so much in my soul thank you so much for coming on Cup of Joy the podcast hey Jace you're just such a light in this beautiful world I adore you you guys make sure you go catch Jace and I will talk to you soon sister all right see you soon bye for now so much for tuning in. If you love what you heard, please take a quick second to screenshot this episode and share it with someone that you know would love it. Connecting with you brings sunshine to my soul. So let's continue the conversation on Instagram at joyfullybe. Drop me a message, question, or share your own junk to joy story with me. Remember that joy is contagious. You can help me spread it by leaving a little buzz, aka a review, on Apple Podcasts. To learn more about Cup of Joy, the podcast, and my soulful services, visit cupofjoythepodcast.com. Chat soon.